0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: We all know that exercise is good for us, good for our muscles and bones and mental health. But what if it's good for other parts of us as well? I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Occam's Razor, a soapbox for science. And it looks like exercise also releases molecular signals that can protect our eyes from diseases like age-related macular degeneration. The next step? is to figure out how to harness these benefits, which is exactly what this week's speaker, Joshua Chutan, tan is on a mission to do. Exercise
0: is synonymous with the word health. When you think of exercise, when you think of physical activity, you can't help but associate it with good health and with, well, pain, but good pain, right? One that's going to pay off. One that's gonna make you a more well-rounded, healthier individual, you know, the best version of you, right? I mean, you don't have to look further than the fact that there seems to be a new gym popping up on every street corner to realize that the benefits of physical activity are well and truly ingrained into our society. From our heart health, stronger bones and muscles, management of chronic diseases such as diabetes, these are all very well understood. In fact, it actually begs the question, is exercise actually good for us? Or as we as humans, as mammals, not evolutionarily suited to lead a sedentary lifestyle? An interesting question, but not one I'll be talking about today. What I want to talk about today is our brains, our central nervous system, but specifically our eyes and our retina. In addition to what we know about exercise to our body, it's actually been shown to be incredibly beneficial to our brain and mental health. That regular exercise can improve memory function and reduce the risk of dementia to adults over the age of 65 and act as an effective therapeutic intervention for quality of life, cognition, depressive symptoms across diseases of the central nervous system. People who regularly performed aerobic exercise demonstrated improvement in executive function, in memory, attention, and processing speed. In school-aged children, physical activity was shown to be positively correlated to academic performance. In fact, exercise is actually being prescribed in the clinic to treat and help slow down the progression of neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Now, whilst there's been a fair amount of research in the brain and on how exercise provides benefits in the retina, which is technically an extension of the brain and is what we research on, there's a pretty large dumbbell-sized hole in the research. The retina is the tissue that lines the back of our eye and is responsible for pretty much all of our vision. Specifically, we work on a disease called age-related macular degeneration or AMD, which is the leading cause of blindness in the developed world uh, and affects a part of your retina known as the macula. This area is approximately five millimeters in diameter, but it's responsible for pretty much all of our useful vision from our color perception to our central vision to our high visual acuity, everything mediated by this tiny region. So all it takes is a 1.5 millimeter lesion, which is approximately the thickness of a credit card in this area to render you legally blind. One in seven Australians and New Zealanders over the age of 50 will develop AMD, At this and at this point in time, there is nothing we can do for the most common form of it, the form that accounts for approximately 90% of all AMD patients. The problem with AMD, and in fact, all neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's, such as Parkinson's, such as Huntington's, is that they're incredibly complex and multifactorial. And what this means is there are a lot of moving parts to them. So if you were to try and target just one part of the disease, it's very likely that something else would just come along and take its place and end up causing a very similar effect. So to develop a true therapy for these diseases, you need something comprehensive holistic, that can affect a wide range of what leads to the disease onset and progression. So our question is, can exercise be a natural, holistic mechanism that holds the key to this therapy? We've shown that in animals that have free access to running wheels for a period of four weeks, that their retinal function is significantly better than the mice that were sedentary. Not only that, but there's actually a protection afforded to these animals, where they have less photoreceptor cell death, which are the light-sensing cells of the retina, responsible for converting light into an electrical signal that your brain can then understand and form the images that we see every day. It almost seems too obvious, in a way. To use a natural inbuilt activity, such as exercise, take the molecular changes that are happening and use it as a therapy. The problem is we don't fully understand why and how exercise provides these benefits. How can exercise, something that causes primarily your muscles to be working, affect your brain, affect your eyes, your neuronal health in general? Well, that's the interesting thing. There's been quite a few landmark studies since the turn of the century that have demonstrated that our muscles actually act like an endocrine organ. Now your endocrine organs and the endocrine system is a collection of organs that releases signals to mediate and control a whole bunch of mechanisms throughout our body right examples are your thyroid gland which helps with growth and energy expenditure your pancreas which helps release insulin to help control blood sugar your adrenal gland which controls sex drive and stress just to name a few So it was a pretty big deal when it was discovered that muscles, too, release signals during exercise that travels around carrying messages to the rest of our body. It's been found that these messages actually reach the brain, and we're looking into whether or not they reach our eyes as well. The carrier molecules are called extracellular vesicles and are a very hot topic in medical research right now because of the messages they carry throughout the body. So you can think of them as little speech bubbles of communication between organs of the body. It can be highly specific, with the speech bubbles actually programmed to go to certain parts of the body, specific sometimes to the cellular level. So we're interested in both the carriers as well as what is the message that the muscles seem to be releasing every time we exercise, which has still remained elusive so far. In these carriers can be lipids, can be proteins, can be various types of RNA molecules. And we found in our research that there is an additional population of these speech bubbles that are found in the bloodstream following exercise and only in those animals that have exercised. So can we then isolate this message and then mimic it as a therapy that can be delivered locally to tissues or organs of our choosing? It is not out of the realm to be able to isolate these speech bubbles that have the ability to reach the retina from our bloodstream and also load them with therapeutic molecules based on exercise. Imagine going to an eye doctor, and instead of getting injections into the eye, all you need is a jab in the arm. It may sound like I'm talking about artificial exercise, but that's not the point, You know, that's not the goal. And I want to get this very clear before I get a bunch of hate mail and then get kicked out of my own gym. I'm not talking about replacing exercise with a pill. Okay? I don't think we'll ever be able to do this. And to be completely honest, why would we? You know, exercise is great. But a common thread across neurodegenerative disorders is their age-related nature. So they typically present themselves at an older age and get progressively worse as you continue to age. So given this fact, if exercise does hold the key to good health and improvement of age-related cognitive decline, the physical act of exercise may not actually prove to be sustainable long-term for many of these patients. Also, these patients may not be able to perform the exercise at the intensity needed to reap the true rewards. So if we can isolate the messages that the muscles are sending, we can theoretically, Prescribe the molecular message of exercise to those who physically may not be able to. That is the ultimate goal. If our body is already producing an inbuilt therapy, if our body is already giving us a template to build upon, why not use it? So I may have given you all more questions than answers at this point, but that's why it's so exciting for us. You know, that's what forms the foundation of scientific discovery. We believe that there is something here. Now it's time to do the work.
1: That was Dr Joshua Tan, a postdoctoral researcher at Clear Vision Research and an associate lecturer at the ANU Medical School. He was speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at Smith's Alternative in Canberra in May. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and another Australian scientist and I will be seeing you next week.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.